0: Our scripture reading from uh, the Bible today is 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 11. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be up on the screen here behind me. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I have received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Peter and then to the twelve. After that, He appeared to more than five hundred of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles and don't even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach. And this is what you believe. The word of the Lord. So this reading and that silent skit that we um, just saw tell the resurrection story of Jesus. Just a few days ago we remembered Good Friday and how Jesus was crucified. He was executed on a cross by the Roman Empire. ...for insurrection. And three days later, miraculously, he was raised from the dead by God. So the question that emerges for us on Easter Sunday is, um, what does all of this mean? What does it mean that Jesus was raised from the dead? What implications does that have for us? What's the significance? Why would Paul say that the resurrection of Jesus is of first importance. Why are we still talking about this story to this very day, almost 2,000 years later? I had a friend a couple months ago who messaged me, one of my best friends in the whole world. We went to seminary together. We studied to be ministers. We were uh, co-workers in the same church for several years. Uh, And he he told me that at the beginning of one day, he had a terrible pain in his stomach. And so he went to the the hospital, to the emergency room. By the end of that day, he discovered that he had stage four colon cancer. Uh, He's a year older than me. He has three girls. And that is sobering to me. Uh, and it, it reminds me, you don't have to live in this world for very long to see that something is off in this world. Something is broken. Uh, there there is, There's evil, there's death and disease, there's abuse and violence and conflict. There's all kinds of trouble in our world. And it's easy to get stuck in that realization. When you see everything that's happening, just to think... Man, this world is really messed up. And there's not much hope in in this. I mean, uh, it's probably not going to get any better. I mean, if this kind of stuff is going on, won't it only get worse and worse and worse? Granted, the, the world is crummy and messed up and broken. But that is not the whole story. That is only part of the story. The other part of the story is that God created this world. Our, our good creator created this world, and the world that we live in is good. And even with all the brokenness that's, that's in the world, that has not wiped out all of the goodness in our world. How do I know that? How do I know that? That the goodness of God is still in our world. Um, I can see it. I can see the goodness of God In the beauty of our children. I can see the goodness of God in the tulips that are blooming right now at the Arboretum. Can you see it? Can you see the goodness of God? I I can hear the goodness of God. I can hear the goodness of God in the the beautiful sounds of music that we're making this morning. And in the handbells, that, that rang at the Maundy Thursday service that Ryan went, and I went to earlier this week. I can hear the goodness of God in unrestrained, let loose, genuine laughter among friends. Can you hear it? Can you hear the goodness of God? And I can taste the goodness of God. Taste it in great state. I know that that's controversial for me to say that, but I'm going to take my stand. Yeah? I can taste it in the pure rain that falls from the heavens on a day like today that nurtures the earth. I can taste it in the sweet kiss of my best friend that I've known for more than a half my life. I can taste the goodness of God. The psalmist in the Bible says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Let me invite you to respond a little bit. What are some of the ways that you taste and see and hear that the Lord is good? What comes to your mind? And, and feel free to share it out loud if you want. Just to clarify. Yes. Yeah. When you go to the wilderness, yes. and you silence, you try to meditate, yes. become one with yourself. Yes, you yes. Mm-hmm. silence, the, the wilderness, all of those things are full of the glory of God. Yes, mm-hmm. the kindness of the friends and strangers. Yes, mm-hmm. amen. The relationships are open. Mm-hmm. 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 Sounds kind of crazy that. Um, in dirt, I love. I'm a gardener, and I refuse to put on garden gloves mm-hmm. and just to get my hands in the dirt and just dig around it. And of having no of and stuff moved that, that's just part fun, right? Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> that's good. Fun. And to see stuff come to life mm-hmm. out of that dirt, you plant seeds in. Yeah, one more. Can your testimony your prayers? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. See God at work when we ask Him to help us and we see something happen. See God at work in our prayers. Amen. Uh, Paul, in in this chapter from which we read a little bit further after this reading, he says that if Jesus was not raised from the dead, then all of our faith is in vain. All of our faith is worth very little. Why would he say that? I think he says that because the resurrection of Jesus from the dead means something for the whole world. Uh, what happens when God raises Jesus from the dead, that sends ripples throughout all of creation. It has something to do with this world we live in, it has something to do with us. And that, that's simply this that the brokenness in the world is not its final state. Death is not the key. Sin is not the winner. We are not on a downward slope toward extinction. Uh, the, pessim- the pessimistic viewpoint does not win the day. Jesus' resurrection means that life and joy and peace are the final state of this world. That is where this whole cosmic project Is heading. Jesus' resurrection is not just that one singular case either. God's just getting started in the resurrection. The resurrection is a foretaste of how God will bring life and renewal to the whole world. It's the first case of a resurrection harvest, it's the beginning act of a great play, it's the preview. Of coming attractions It's the first episode In a multi-billion part series It's the foretaste In fact, without the resurrection The death of Jesus and Good Friday Really use, they lose their uniqueness um, if, if Jesus isn't raised from the dead Then Jesus' death is merely another zealot who's going to the cross because of treason and executed by the Roman Empire. And the Roman Empire did that with lots and lots of folks. It's merely another man just being swallowed up by death. It's merely a very shameful way for a person to die if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, The Apostle Paul says in Acts 17, "...for God has set a day when he will judge the world with justice..." By the man he has appointed. He's given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. The resurrection proves something about Jesus. It proves that God has appointed him to be the judge, to be the Messiah, and to be the sacrifice. For, as Paul said, forgiveness of sins for the whole world according to the scriptures. The Abrahamic religions... Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, if they had their own conference, we call them the big three or something like that. Each of the big three have this expectation about resurrection, the resurrection of the dead. Let me read you um, some scriptures from the holy books of, of each of these big three religions. From Daniel 12, this is the Hebrew Bible, multitudes Who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. Some to everlasting life. Others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. And those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. From the Quran in Azumar chapter 39 verse 68. The trumpet will be sounded when all that are in the heavens and on earth will swoon or die, except such as it will please Allah, God, to exempt. Then will a second one be sounded, when behold, they will be standing and looking on. And then finally, Jesus in the Gospel of John says, Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear His voice and come out, those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. By myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I am here, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. The early church takes this idea of final resurrection and comes up with this really radical idea because of what happens in the resurrection of Jesus. And that is that the resurrection of Jesus uh, initiates. uh, In Jesus, the resurrection of the dead has already begun. It's already been initiated. It's already started. Uh, We don't have to wait until the end of the world to experience resurrection. It's sneaking in the world. Even now. Resurrection means that God will not throw this world into the trash can in the end. He will restore it and renew it. The same way He's going to restore and renew all of us. The dwelling of humanity will be the dwelling of God. Heaven will come down to earth. Romans 8 verse 19 says, For the creation waits in eager expectation." right up to the present time. Because of the resurrection, creation is now on this path of renewal. Creation is now in line to be liberated from its bondage to decay. All that crumminess, all of that brokenness, God is at work to free up this world from all of that stuff. And He's at work to free all all of us up. From all of that stuff. The same glory as of the children of God, Paul says. You know, the signs of goodness that we talked about earlier that we can hear and see and taste and touch, I would like to say that those signs of goodness are evidence of resurrection. They are evidence of the life-giving power of God when we see the two of us, when we embrace our friends, when we laugh with them, when we see beauty in our children, we're seeing resurrection before our very eyes. Another friend of mine tells a story about his parents who who went to the hospital one day um, with their 20-something young adult daughter. And... Uh, her name was Jenny. And a season later, they were leaving the hospital without the wife. And as they're leaving the hospital, that day, they're, they're walking out of these glass windows. Um, the, the wife, the mom, looks at the husband, and she says, What do I believe? What what do we believe? And the husband, after a moment, looks to his wife, and he says, The tomb's in the tomb is empty death and disease are not the final state of this world death and disease do not have the final word resurrection praise let's pray thank you Lord thank you Lord for for your resurrection power for your life giving power Thank you for raising Jesus from the dead to confirm that you are, are greater than, uh, than death. You are greater than disease and evil in our world. Thank you that there was a day and will be a day when death dies. Mm. And Lord, we invite you here uh, in our midst And, God, we pray, we ask that you would make us new. Would you bring your life-giving power into our hearts? God, would you give us courage to partner with you in this world to help others, to help all of creation experience your life-giving power to be made new? God, we praise you because you are at work to make all things new. Praise you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen.